Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your finances are stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with Dan Hines. Dan Hines is the founder of the website, Adulting with Money, and he coaches people on personal finance. He himself was an engineer and then over time realized that he needed to learn some lessons, some hard lessons about the number one reason why married couples fight, money. And then from that, those lessons, he has able to been able to package that and share that with other people so that he is coaching other couples, especially newlyweds, on how to be on the same page with their finances, how to adult with money, basically. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we do need you to get to your destination safely as we have a conversation with Dan Hines on adulting with money. Here we go. All right, Brandon, I see you're doing some research there on our, our friend Dan. How are you doing? Oh, I'm playing solitaire. Oh, that's what that is. Um, so anyway. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> well, you're looking at now now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what happened to then? Just missed it. When? Just now. Okay, cool. sorry. Um, you all did not get on here to, to see my memory of every line in the movie Spaceballs. Um, you probably got on this episode because you want to hear us have a conversation with Dan Hines, who is the blogger and finance coach behind Adulting with Money. And Dan, how are you doing? I am great, Jerry and Brandon. How are you guys doing this morning? We are good. Awesome. Yep. We uh, we both suffer, by the way, from um, ADOS, uh, attention deficit. Ooh, squirrel. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's uh, so. Um, if if you see us kind of disappearing from the screen now, our listeners can't see what we're doing. But right, yeah. Uh, so if, if for our listeners, if you're looking around just now, we got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, but anyway, let, let's get back on topic. Keep so. your eyes on the road. <laughs> There's that squirrel again. Oh gosh, man! It's not even three yet. That's the crazy thing. It's, Sometimes I'm running and I'm listening to our podcast, and I get distracted listening to myself. Be distracted. <laughs> that is the best. There's some sort of wormhole there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I always promise I'll cut those out, but then I think during editing, I get distracted. Yeah. And I forget. So, uh, but we didn't bring Dan to talk about Yeah, ADD. poor Dan. He's <laughs> <laughs> We're going down some sort of inception, yeah. you know, distraction inside of a distraction inside of a distraction loop going on here. Yes. Yeah, like, did we so, ever mention the blog? No. Nope. 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 Just about you know what would be awesome, though, is like the next time somebody sees a squirrel, they think about everything we talk about in this episode. All yeah, of, yeah. There you go. You know what? That, that might be. Uh, tortilla eaten squirrel reminds you of the principles that Dan is about to share with us. Absolutely. And what I love about this concept too, is there's people listening, thinking, well, I don't really want to talk about money or budgeting and that kind of thing. Yeah. But understand the concept of what you're trying to put out there is the guilt-free spending and not mm-hmm. fighting with your spouse. These are, yes. these are two wonderful things. Every couple needs. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I focus mostly on newlyweds and engaged couples trying to help them get on the same page and live happily ever after. Because when it comes to money, you know, money touches everything. And when it touches everything, it starts to get emotional. And, you know, uh, couples, they grow up in their own family 
families and their own households, and they have different ways of viewing money, how they use money, where they went on vacation, their holiday traditions. Um, you know, it just, there's a whole lot that goes on. And so when you have a new couple coming together, um, one thing I think we've all experienced as, as getting married is that you start to then decide what are our family traditions going to be? How do we want to raise our kids or how do we want to handle money? Um, and so it's, it's me as a coach helping them to, to bridge that gap. So yes, I, I work with finances and I, I talk about money, but it's also a little bit of marriage counseling as well as that communication between couples to say, oh, okay, let's get on the same page. What's going to be best for us? Right. And it's not about restriction. It's no, just about us no. all knowing what the other one's doing. If you got a good plan, you can execute it. And then you can look at, is it a spending or an income kind of issue? Yeah, exactly. And and also, so, you know, I've, I've become a huge fan of, of Tony Robbins over the last two years. And, and one thing I've learned from him is that uh, when it comes to goal setting, one of the most important things you can do is first define what it is that you actually want. What is the outcome? Not to say, hey, I want to save money or make more money. Like I want to make six figures a year or define to say, I want to be out of debt in the next three years. Or, you know, when, once you start to make it super clear, you then move on to the why. Like, why do you want that? And sometimes it's the, the why is pretty easy. Well, I want to make more money so I can get out of debt or I want to get out of debt uh, so I, it, I don't have these shackles on me every single month and I can go have more fun. Um, but as a couple, you know, you want to figure out that what and that why together. And then you get to the how. Then you mm-hmm. get to the, like, how do you do this? Uh, and how do you go about this? Because there's I, I just witnessed too many couples and conversations, or well, even in like business meetings and and going through college and like group projects and stuff. People throw up ideas like, "How do we do this?" Well, like, and then someone gets out a shotgun and says, "I don't like that idea." Boom, yeah, and then exactly. blows that idea out of the air. And someone goes, "Well, it. yeah, how do how how about we do this or how about we do that?" And people get stuck in that tyranny of the how. Whereas if we can sit down and decide what it is that we want, what the goals are. The why usually gets pretty easy after that, but then we get into the how. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing with couples is trying to help them focus what to talk about first, second, and then third, uh, and then get on with the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now, do you find yourself also addressing how to talk with each other? So the important thing is the the what, which is the, the, the money talk between the, the, mm-hmm. the, the spouses. How important is how you deliver that message to you and how to have that conversation? Yes. That, the, the how of, of actually talking is vitally important as well. And that's when I do like the one-on-one coaching, we do video calls and I, and I'm watching my couples and I'm watching their body language and I'm listening to what it is, the actual words that they're saying. Um, there's a, uh, a doctor out there, a psychologist, uh, Dr. Gottman, and he has this mm-hmm. idea called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's, you know, when um, they did a bunch of studies and they brought in <clears throat> a whole bunch of newlyweds and they videotaped them just talking for an hour. They'd ask them questions and see how the couples would talk. And then they analyzed the video and they found out that they could predict which couple was going to get divorced within the first 15 minutes of that conversation. (laughs) And that's over. And they, and they watched these couples for 15 years. So it was like a long time out and they realized that, and they were 90% accurate in, in who was going to get divorced. And it's all up. And so it comes down to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, I don't have those memorized. You can Google it, but the, the one that always uh, sticks out in my mind is contempt Mm -hmm. is, is that, you know, you don't want to blame 
um, your partner. You're just like, oh, you always do this and you always do that. And then we never get to do this because you always do that. Rather, if you flip that script and say, you know, when something happens or when you do something. So you, you state a fact, like when you overspend, like, okay, right. we know you overspend. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Then you flip it around and say, this is how I feel. Cause no one can argue really with how you feel inside. Yeah. Um, and so that's how you really want to have those conversations to say, when you do this or when we don't have enough, when we don't have $10,000 in the bank, this is how I feel. And so right. that, beginning conversation is all about exploring and to say, okay, well, how do, how do you both feel about debt, but then try to (laughs) keep it, keep it to the individual. Like how do, you know, look at one side of the couple and say, how do you feel about that? And then I'll look at the other side of the couple and say, how do you feel about that? So that way they start to understand each other without blaming anybody. That's right. Nice. And, yeah. And you can't really fight your way through these conversations. You can't no. fight yourself out of these situations. You've got to have a conversation that's okay. What are we trying to accomplish? And, you know, like, yeah, in any situation, you know, you and I are trying to get to Africa. Okay. Then let's sit down and figure out what that's going to take. Then mm-hmm. we, there's no argument. It, we need this. We need this. We need this. And we worked it out. So now what's the budget? Okay. Let's figure that out. And mm-hmm. it's not an emotional conversation. It's just a factual conversation. But we yeah. have to decide, do we really want to go to Africa or do we want to go to Australia? Otherwise, all this conversation is wasted time. You, you need yeah, to have a yeah. goal. And that's and with that stated goal as well is that when I'm working with my couples, I also make sure that they have like a top 10 list of goals. Well, actually, what I have them do is I go have them go off on their own and create uh, a top five list. Like, what are the top five things you want to do with money? And then I have them come together as a couple and create a top 10. So all five of each of their lists gets on the list. But then they do have to choose what's number one, what's number two. <laughs> now, the good news is that as a couple, they've probably talked about something. There's already something that they both want, but they're not sure how to go after it. And so usually it's like, you know, we want to save up to have kids or we want to save up for a house or we want to get out of debt. So that top 10 list usually gets down to like a top eight or a top six. And then even then the final goals at the bottom of that list are like, I don't know, I give more to charity. Like, (laughs) you know, there's still pretty like, there's kind of a goal there, but it's not very well defined either. Um, But then it helps them go through that process of like, okay, you thought of everything. Like you wrote everything down that you could think of. This is your top five. This is your top five. So as a couple, here's your top 10. And so when even just like as a goal of going to Africa, then you're both on the same page to say, well, we know that's our top goal. And then maybe there's another goal of buying a Tesla that's still on my list. (laughs) And but it but I know it's lower on the list, but I'm fine with it because as a couple, we have other and more important goals that are above that. So that goal, that want hasn't come off the list, um, but I know it's just not the top priority either. Right. So we can focus on the top one once we accomplish it, then maybe we'll move to the second one, but put them in priority order. So we're all trying to do the same thing. And it could be where you're going after the top three goals at the same time. It's right. a, it's, and, it, and that really depends on the couple and how badly they want a particular goal and how important it is. Because it could be that, uh, you know, then we get in the conversation to say, well, we might have some debt that we're paying off, but should we be saving for retirement at the same time? And so then you get into that, you know, should, be, should you get out of debt first and then start to save for retirement or should you do a little bit of both at the same time? Um, so, yeah, so even even when you have that list of goals, you don't have to wait 
uh, until the first one is done because it right. could be pay off the house, which might take, you know, 15, 30 years right. um, uh, before you get to the second one. So it, it really depends on what that list is. And probably the next thing that you jump into is actually knowing where your money's going. Because it's yeah. much like diet and nutrition. We say, I eat pretty healthy. But then when you actually start recording, it, you're like, <laughs> you don't really eat that healthy. You just oh, this you is do. this is the real truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, talk a little absolutely. bit about how you get them down that road. Because most people don't want to uncover that. I don't want to see what yeah. it's really like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's, so I view um, finances, especially as a couple, as that there are three – main habits that you need to start to master over time. And it's like riding a bike. The first time you try these things, it doesn't go that great, but then you do it again and again and again and again. And you just, it becomes normal, like brushing your teeth, riding a bike. It's just, you don't have to think about it. You can just execute, you can just do. Um, but the three, the three habits are uh, goal setting and talking about goals and, and getting on the same page with your goals. Second is tracking your money. Like where's it coming from? Where's it going? That's it. Not necessarily budgeting, just seeing where it comes and where it goes. It's like keeping a food diary. Um, And then that third one is planning ahead or budgeting to say, okay, we know what we want. We know what's going on. What are we going to do this month uh, to help reach and get closer to those goals? And every single month you go through those three habits over and over and over again. But they aren't all equal. 80% of your success is going to come from the goal setting is that if you're on the same page and you both agree on that plan that you're 80% winning the, the last 20%, you know, 10% is in the tracking and 10% is in the budgeting to, to help you execute and to get you closer. But I find just reading articles and talking with people, they put like 80% on the budgeting and that's where that constriction comes in is that they put way too much importance on like, we have to stick to the budget. And I'm like, eh, yeah, kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's we're humans. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. My wife and I, you know, we, we have like fun money in our budget. So she gets her pocket money. I get my fun money, my pocket money, and we get to do whatever we want with our fun money. And even though I'm like the money expert, I overspend my pocket money every single month for the last <laughs> eight years of our marriage. But because of our, we put enough wiggle room in our monthly plan that money's going towards our goals, we're not digging ourselves deeper in a hole, you know, assuming there's no emergencies. Um, and then that's fine. And so, you know, I'm trying to also help calm <laughs> some people. Some people need calm down <laughs> when right. it comes to budgeting. And, and I, you know, my background, I have an engineering degree. I got my master's in business and I focused on finance. So I'm really like a numbers guy. Um, but then, you know, trying to, um, you know, I, I went too far. I went way too detailed and I went overboard on budgeting <laughs> and had to learn myself how to kind of pare that back and be right. a little bit more chill. When it, when it came to that type of stuff. And that's where a, a, a coach or a third party can really help because one yeah. of you might be, our budget is $76,384.18. That's, that's the total budget and you can't go over it, but every penny has to be spent. And the other person might be, you know, I just spend whatever and I don't really care <laughs> what happens. So bringing yeah. those two conversations, those two different people, a third party can be real helpful in that to just kind of show you here's what you're thinking. Here's where she's thinking. Let's get closer on the goal and quit worrying yeah. about the pennies. Yeah. Well, and as, and especially as like uh, newlyweds is that, you know, in general society, we are, we are getting married at an older and older age. We're waiting longer and longer to get married, have kids. 
and so with that, um, you also have people who have led independent lives. They've gone to college, they've gotten their job, they've had roommates and they've gotten their own apartments and they got their own car and their own student debt and they've been handling money on their own with their own bank accounts. And now you're trying to combine and become a team. So you've been playing this individual sport. You've been playing individual tennis, but now you need to learn to play doubles, which is basically the same sport, but then you've got to learn how to work together and communicate. And it takes time and it takes energy and it takes a little bit of practice, but it's, it's a hundred percent doable. And so that's where as a coach, I'm just trying to help uh, couples see the roadblocks and the, the, the potholes before they get there. Or if they run over one, I'm just say, Hey, your, your, your car is fine. Just, just keep going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's really important to understand your like bicycle analogy is, is you're going to mess this up. There, there's a hundred percent chance you're going to fail the first time, <laughs> but you're going also going to gonna fail over periods of time and you're going to have to tweak it. You know, our goal used to be maybe having kids. Now you've had kids. Now our goal needs to be college or uh, retirement or whatever it is. You know, maybe yeah. you tweak those goals, so to speak. So last year we were really hardcore about this. Now we're not. It, it's a, it's a monthly thing. It's not let's yeah. set it and we never address it again. It, it's a daily almost conversation. Yeah. And, and there's no way that you can perfectly predict the future either. I mean, my wife and I had our list of goals and then we live in the panhandle of Florida and we our house was hit by Hurricane Michael last year. Yeah. Uh, and so that was October 10th of 2018. We didn't finish all of our home repairs by September of 2019. So it took almost a year to get through everything and so now and but and but it took a chunk out of our emergency fund so we need to build that <laughs> yeah. back up before but you know what we still set money aside that go to disney so we're still going to have a little family vacation coming up here soon but even then you know i know i saw someone post on facebook today it's been a year and a couple of days since the hurricane hit they're about to settle their insurance claim it's right. taken them so oh. long so we're we're you know being under a year we're lucky oh, um yeah. and so and so that and that'll happen i mean it's and so that's where with my coaching i'm trying to really teach people to fish so they can go out and fish right. but ra- you know rather than trying to create a lifelong um <laughs> relationship um but to, is to really give them the tools and the skills so that they can have confidence going off and say yes we can handle this together whatever happens to come up Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. So what do you say to those couples that it's like, well, that's probably good for you because you and your wife have money. We don't really have any money. Mm-hmm. Where do we get started? We don't have a big income. And so how do we start that conversation? That I would still start the conversation with what are your goals? Um, so a couple of years ago, I was a financial coach for a local radio 
uh, station, a, a morning show. And we decided to do a contest. Like I'm going to, we're going to take two couples and I'm going to coach them as, as best as I can. And we're going to see who can save the most money for, uh, you know, the, in, in a savings account for like an emergency fund or get out of the most debt as fast as possible within that month. Um, and the, uh, actually it was one family, it was a single mother. She ended up winning the contest because as I was teaching her, she was, her money was so tight that she really had to budget like every single week is to say, okay, I need to be really tight on this every single dollar. I need to know where it's coming from. Where's it going? She started to essentially meal plan for her kids for, you know, you know, on Sunday, she knew what they were going to eat for the whole week. And she's the one that ended up winning the contest and she had to go, um, much more, uh, intense with the budgeting because money was so tight is that $10 one way or the other was going to make a huge difference for her. That's the difference right. between paying a bank fee, a late fee or an overdraft fee or not. Um, and so, but, but because that she was keeping such a close eye on things, that's how she was able to, to win the contest. Um, and so, you know, budgeting, I think it, it really depends on, what your goals are and how intense you are. The, the more intense you want something, the more you want to optimize your money every single month, the, the much more uh, aggressive you can be about budgeting. But on the flip side that, you know, if you're just, you know, if things are going fine, you've got money coming in, your money's going towards your goals and retirement, and you don't have anything that you desperately want, then maybe you could budget on a quarterly basis and still have just as much value out of having that plan and talking about those goals over time. And, and that's really important to get. Some some people are hearing this saying, I don't want to be that intense with my budget. But yeah. Quarterly, we used to do monthly budget meetings, my wife and I. Now we really do them about quarterly because our goal now is to kind of tweak it one way or the other. If it kind of gets off a little too far this way or that way, where can we tweak it and then just get back on track? The problem I've seen with people is like we look at it like either never or <laughs> every few <laughs> years. Turns out no money's going to retirement, no money's going to debt. We're just blowing it all, and mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on. It's kind of like that car; it slowly drifts off to the right or the left. But if you don't ever have it checked, you don't know that because you're driving yeah. it. You just kind of compensate for it. Yeah, it's like it's like being the the frog in the slowly boiling pot. Is you just <laughs> exactly. you just you just don't really notice. And I well, gosh, I mean, I gained probably thirty pounds for the same reason. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was a a financial advisor, and you have all these mutual fund salespeople coming in <laughs> buying you lunch. And I'm like, yeah, let's go to lunch. Sure. And uh, but I I would just never say no. Um, and so eventually, like stuff just wasn't fitting anymore. <laughs> oh, and I, I didn't really ever notice. And so, you know, since then I've been much more uh, diligent with my health and I, I, I'm a nerd about it. So I weigh myself every day. Um, that's probably too much for a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it just, just getting on that scale and seeing the truth every single morning, even yep. the mornings I don't want to do it. And I know <laughs> it's going to be higher than it was yesterday. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a good thing to do to just say, okay, you know what? I, I, I gave in yesterday, but I don't have to give in today. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that. I'm the same kind of nerd. I like to weigh myself every day because yeah, I know if something comes up, I'll know whether I can participate in it or not. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. go here, but I need to really watch what I do today. And, and people treat money the same way. I'd rather just not know than yeah. know, cause then I don't have to deal with it. But as we all know, problems don't disappear cause you ignore them. That that's very rarely <laughs> the truth. Wait, right. they don't? 
I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> There's a terminology that we uh, use at work when we do our leadership developments, and it's Mokita. It's the thing that everybody knows about, but nobody talks about openly. And it's the mm. elephant in the room, in a sense. I think and it's okay. pronounced mojito. No, that's, that's the drink. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, this is uh, just to nerd out a little bit. <laughs> it's a term used in Papua New, uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, it's, you know, basically, we're going to go check out this village of the family where our daughter wants to go get married or our son wants to go get married. And so we're going to go there and we're going to observe these mojitas. Uh, you know, it's like, mm. how many crazy uncles are there? <laughs> how crazy are they? You know, who's sleeping with who that is not their spouse? Yeah. Um, you know, all the all the dirty laundry. And, you know, they just go and observe. Everybody's got some kind of dirty laundry. Somebody, yeah. Everybody's got a problem. Uh, what they're looking at is uh, how many people have – how many of those problems are being unaddressed? Because that's going to tell us the health of that village. And that's going to determine if we're going to say yes and bless this marriage or not. And so when Brandon just said, you know, it's the same thing with the finances that, you know, what you two have been talking about, it's kind of the same thing. If you ignore it long enough, whatever those elephants in the room are, are just going to bloom I and mean, they're just going to grow until one day it's it, it suddenly, you yeah. know, things are too much. And I remember that happening in our own marriage a number of times with credit card debt. Oh yeah, mm. you know, it's wait, like, it's Christmas again. Yeah, How did that and, you, know, it, you know, it's it's fine, Jerry. You know, you'll always pay it off, and I'm like, no, it's not true. Once we get a credit card, it fills up. I don't know how. It's yeah. magic. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, one day I get that notice. Hey, you've hit your limit. I'm like, what? No, I've been paying. Ah, and I look at it, and, and sure enough, it's those little purchases on the spur of the moment that we mm-hmm. didn't discuss. So here I am making a standard payment to it not really paying attention to the charges themselves and yeah. all of them legit. Cause I was kind of hoping there was like a false one in there. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, we've been the, hacked. Yeah. Nope. For the full balance. <laughs> like, nope, every single one of those is us. And then we have to have that, that harder discussion of how were we putting stuff on the credit card when we had the cash to pay for it up front. And that was the plan. How did we mm-hmm. ditch that plan and go with the credit card instead and not tell each other about that. And yeah. So. And I think part of the, the tough conversations when it comes to money is uh, trying to answer the question, well, why not, yeah. <laughs> you know, why not have fun? Why not go on vacation? And so that's where, and that's why I always start with my couples uh, coaching them is having that list of goals. Like this is your, why not? Uh, and the analogy I use is like, if, if I'm going to say no to ice cream, and Oreos, there better be a damn good reason why. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some really good reason. Uh, and, and I want to do the same thing with couples and their money is that because in general, they're adults, there's nothing I can really do to stop them from doing anything. So I'm trying to instill in them their internal, what is it that they actually want? And so, uh, for example, um, I had a, uh, an engaged uh, woman uh, that wanted to kind of get her stuff together and understand personal finances before she got married. Uh, and so <laughs> what we did is we sat down and we went through her goals and all this other stuff. And um, I said, well, okay, what, what, what debts do you have? And she had uh, some student loans <clears throat> and then she had her car loan. Uh, and that was it. So I was like, okay, well, let me run like a debt snowball report. Let's see if we can get you out of debt faster. And then she sent me the numbers and I run the numbers and and it, the report said it's going to take her like 30 years to get out of debt. And I'm like, mm. what? I mean, it's just a like her car loan is going to be paid off in six months. How is it going to take another, you know, 29 and a half years to get the student loan? Well, it turns out that the 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 minimum payment on that student loan 
was so low that it was going to take 30 <laughs> years to pay it yeah, off. And yeah. so I said, okay. So I ran the report again to say, okay, well, if you, as soon as the car is paid off, if you take that, you know, 250 bucks a month and start paying instead of 50 bucks a month on your student loan, start paying $300 a month, you'll be out of debt in five years. Wow. And so in, a, in a, it saves her thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of her life in interest as well. Um, and now this person had a master's degree. She was very smart, but because there wasn't anything that she necessarily wanted, there wasn't really a reason to dive deep into how to be more efficient with her money. But when I said, well, if you want to get out of debt 25 years sooner, this is the path. And she's <laughs> like, that's great. Yes, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> um, and so, it, and, and also kind of going back to money <clears throat> is that we start to feel a little silly. Like, shouldn't we know this stuff about money? Why didn't <laughs> yeah. someone teach us this stuff? And, and so I certainly, I'm not a judgy person. And so if any of my couples or anyone asked me for advice, I love answering questions. And there is no such thing as a stupid question because I've had to ask these same questions and, right. and, and research them as well. And so, and I think there's a little bit of part that maybe we don't want to sit down with our partner and ask these stupid questions either. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, maybe shame, maybe embarrassment to say like, well, what is compounding interest? I had I had someone who had a master's degree. Now, their master's degree was in uh, theology and social work, but someone with a master's degree asked me, right. how does compounding interest work? Right. And it's just, you know, it, it's one of those things where it, you'll learn it at one point and you'll never forget it. But at some point, you someone's got to teach it to you or you got to look it up. <laughs> I've found some of the most highly educated and, and high salaried people have no earthly idea where their money's going or <laughs> they're not intentionally spending anything. They're just living and, and, and maybe their yes. income level is huge, but mm -hmm. they, they're not pushing it in any direction. Yeah. So that reminds me of two things. Number one is that every year it's either like the wall street journal or uh, the Washington post or the New York times comes out with an article that says this family's making 500 grand a year and is living paycheck to paycheck. And so right. those those articles always fascinate me. And that's really the the not looking at your money. But, you know, when you're at that income, you're living in gated communities. Your kids are going to private school. You've got country club fees. So those things will add up over time if you're not careful. But but then the second thing is that when it comes to uh, dealing with money and also, you know, looking at those expenses over time. Is that. um I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't look at your money over time and stuff because then you'll forget where you're going. But yeah, exactly. The, the whole living paycheck to paycheck, the the salary doesn't matter. If you make twenty thousand dollars a year or two million dollars a year, if you're not intentional, you will live paycheck oh, to paycheck. Oh yeah. Yes. And so that reminds me, I was actually at the gym last night and there's a guy that says, I'm an accountant, but I'm bad with money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I, and I think, so I, when, when I hear something like that, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty obvious to me because I think, like I said before, 80% of your success is going to be the goals and accountants are extremely good at putting money where it needs to go. Like this money goes into this bucket. This money goes into that bucket. This is how you add it up. This is how you balance everything, which is a very valuable skill. And I'm happy to pay accountants to help <laughs> me with that. Um, exactly. And especially come tax season, but then there's, there's a difference between just keeping an eye on it versus making decisions. Right. And I think for me, in, in my mind, finance is, is about strategy, is about making decisions 
in accounting is to see like what happened. So the coach right. on the sidelines is the strategy is the finance and the accounting are the guys who are keeping track of the yardage and, and you know, videotaping the, the plays and all that other stuff. Both of them are extremely important, but just because you are keeping an eye on things, just because you're getting on the scale doesn't mean you're making decisions well uh, on a day-to-day basis. Right. And that's a great analogy because the coach has to prepare for Sunday puts a plan together. And then on Monday, the accountant really looks and see if, if that plan worked. And, yeah. And, and then it, it helps. What do yeah. we tweet? Exactly. Yep. So next week we're going in a different direction here, here and here, because <laughs> that just didn't work. You said you wanted to go here, but we didn't go close to that. So let's revamp the whole thing. Yes, exactly. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you and find out, uh, what, the next step is for them and setting the, their goals. What's the best way to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do? So I just started a new YouTube channel. Uh, it's, it's been about five weeks since I went to the FinCon a conference and I'm working on my fifth video. And so that's one of the best ways where if you subscribe to that channel, you'll get to see all of my advice coming up every single week and keep an eye out for you know what's going on with me. And also you can ask questions, leave a comment. I need ideas <laughs> for, yeah. for, for my videos every week. So if you have a question, please leave a comment. I'd love to see you. But also, you know, the, I, we were talking earlier about that goal setting, how I put people, you know, I, I take the couple and I have them go on their own for five minutes. Those exact steps for that process is in my ebook that I wrote. Uh, so if you go to my website, adultingwithmoney.com, that's a landing page. You can sign up and get your free copy of that guide. And it has those instructions in it. And this guide, it's, it's 20,000 words. So there's a huge amount of advice. So you can just get started. You can, you can uh, get to know me and, and my advice a bit better. But also, once you subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, then you'll get to see you know, what advice I'm coming out with every week. So as the world of money changes, and my advice will probably tweak over time, um, I'll keep you updated on you know, what's going out there in the world and what the best practices are when it comes to newlyweds and engaged couples or just couples in general, how you can talk about money and plan your money to get what you want. That's such a great resource. And I would highly recommend anybody go there, but that question that you don't want to ask because you think you're going to sound stupid or look bad, there's probably hundreds of other people that wish somebody would ask that question. So feel free to ask it. So uh, like Dan said, he can address it. You know, what is compound interest? What What is the long-term benefit of saving versus short-term and, and student debt and all of that kind of stuff? Because somebody's out there struggling with it. Just wish somebody would ask the question. So we'll put all of that in the show notes in case you're driving or working out so you can find it and link back to uh, all the, the site and the resource information. But go get that and start the conversation so you don't have to fight anymore about money. Now, if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 211. That's right, episode 211. That's where you'll find links to Dan's website, some information about the free ebook that he has or the ebook that he has, and so many more resources, as well as other episodes we have done on personal finance. Now, we're so glad that you've joined us, and the best way you can show us your gratitude is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. You know what? You can even reach out to Jared Easley on Twitter or Facebook and just tell him, hey, Jerry said you're a, Jerry said you're a great guy, Jared, and uh, that we should get in touch. So don't know why I said that, but I'm sure it'll just be one of those random entertaining moments for Jared Easley, founder of Podcast Movement. Just a quick random shout out to you. 
Thank you for all the support you've given, the encouragement, and just being you and being a good friend. Uh, Brandon, I guess same to you. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) until next week, go live life, be on the run. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.